0: Welcome to the Cash Flow Guys Podcast. Welcome to the Cash Flow Guys Podcast. It's that time again. You should know where you are. This is Tyler Sheff, and I am the host of the Cash Flow Guys Podcast. And damn it, Mike, I did it again. I'm so used to being just the host. Welcome back.
1: Believe it or not, I'm actually looking at his face live in person. This right. Time. I can like point <laughs> you on the head, if, <laughs>
0: but you're bigger than me, so I probably wouldn't want to try that. But yeah, we are in the, well, let's see, we've got to come up with a name for this little guy, the Cash Flow Camper. Cash flow camper. So funny story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny story, guys. We're we're both in Tarpon Springs, Florida, today. I'm flew in from Key. I drove in from Key West. Mike flew in from Colorado. We're here meeting with team members and building our team for to start work on this asset. And uh we're like, oh geez, we gotta do a podcast. So I should know where to, you know. I should normally be 100 percent ready to go, but I wasn't, and I was like, "Oh my god, we got it!" So dive into the briefcase. Mike's carrying the Mike now flies with a microphone, and which brings me to a quick short story. I'm going to sidetrack for a second. Tell me, tell the folks at home about the the TSA and uh, your flight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so because of the the podcast, now Tyler got me carrying this microphone everywhere wh- wherever I go. Right? And sometimes I have to go through a random security check. And then they, they put the my back through the x-ray machine, they pulled me aside. And they said, Is it is that a microphone? Like oh 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 that's right. Yeah. yeah. I've got a I've got a podcast. You are the first pilot I've ever seen who carries a microphone.
0: <laughs> you should tell them like you practice in the bathroom, like in, this is your captain speaking. <laughs> We're rapidly approaching thirty thousand feet. You can switch off the seatbelt sign. kick back, relax. Tampa is on its way. <laughs> that's funny. So, yeah, if those of you that don't know, or you just showed up or maybe you bumped your head and you forgot. Mike is an airline pilot. He flies for a living, so he's all over the country. And the beauty of you flying, which I love, is that you being part of this team is that you can show up pretty much on a moment's notice under most circumstances. I mean, obviously, you have a life. But I love the fact that you can pop in and uh, you're, you're with me and Jill and the rest of the team as we go through this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As long as I got a place to stay.
0: Yeah. Wink, wink. Right. Yeah. yeah, He says that because he got evicted this week. (laughs) We, uh, we, uh, he stays when he was here as he's here now. He stayed in our, one of our short-term rentals. We had an apartment open, uh, this week. Uh So he brought his wife to be in and her and his future father-in-law and they stayed for a couple of days in one of the apartments that we had open a rare vacancy but you know the vacancy got filled so mike had to pack his bags and get out i I I hated to (laughs) paying customer showing up but anyway the flexibility of your job makes being part of this team makes it easier on me because i'm not doing everything myself and you do a very good job of sharing the workload so i appreciate you doing that um which leads us to why we happen to be in Tarpon Springs. Now, for those of you know, we bought a recently bought a, a large building in Tarpon Springs. It's a, a as it sits right now, it's a four bedroom, three bath house, and we're getting ready to start renovations. We've been interviewing um, team members to start get getting rolling on this asset, right? To make sure uh, everything goes the way it goes. So we thought this episode, we kind of talk you through that process, what we've done this week, because I think that there's a lot. You can take away from this if you're, this is maybe this is your first go around, or maybe you've been out of the game for a bit and you're kind of thinking, geez, you know, I got to get back in the game. Um, building a team sounds, uh, sounds like a huge task. And, and I'm, I don't want to understate it. It is a big task, but the way things have been going for us, it's working really well. Now, if I know for you, this isn't your first time building a team. Definitely not my first time building a team, but this is very unique because. You and I are both stepping out of our comfort zone. We get real estate, but we're getting into a a uh, flavor or a genre of real estate that we haven't yet ventured. Which I don't know me is exciting. Would you agree?
1: Oh yeah, it is exciting. And you know, I guess probably heard in the last episode we interviewed uh, Isabella Isabella Aguarino. Yeah. And she kind of opened our eyes to the different side of real estate
0: that right. most
1: of us and probably most of our listeners aren't really used to dealing with. It's, right. uh,
0: it's different. It's the And for those of you who didn't listen to last week's episode or you missed it or maybe you forgot, what we're talking about is residential assisted living. We're talking about residential assisted living. What does that mean? Well, people th- commonly think of it as old folks home, retirement community, that type of thing. We're not going to build one of these big commercial things where you stick grandma in the closet and no, no, not at all. Instead, we're, we're tapping into a very, uh, I'll call it niche for lack of a better word, part of the industry where this is more residential based. So these are, this is, a, this is currently a single family home. We're going to be making some modifications to it to accommodate, uh, 10 residents. So it's about a 3,400, 3,500 square foot house. We're working with architects and contractors to, change the use of this so we've been bouncing back and forth on do we run the business end of it as well and folks listening by the by business i mean running an an assisted living facility is in fact a a business and it's a very involved business i mean you are are responsible if you're a care provider you're responsible or an operator as they say in the industry you're responsible for the care of other people and you know i've raised two kids but this is much different because we're talking about adults um mike you and i've talked a lot about is that where we want to go, or do we want to focus just on the real estate? Could we do both? Sure. Do we want to? I'm going to leave. You can go ahead and talk about that.
1: Yeah. So, most of the training we've been looking at talks about owning the real estate and managing the business. They always talk about you're the manager of the manager. Uh, which sounds great. You know, obviously nobody wants to be living in an assisted living facility. And unfortunately, most assisted living facilities out there that we visited, kind of spying around, uh, the owner is the operator, is the caregiver, is the one giving sponge baths and everything. that That's their life. And that, that's not what we do because uh, our interest, what we are best at is the real estate end. Right. Yeah, obviously we can learn that aspect of the business with hiring the caregivers or whatnot. But is that the best use of our time? Um, you know, I'm an airline pilot, and so I focus on the plane. I don't have to deal with passengers in the back. I don't have to deal with collecting tickets or anything because everybody's specialized in exactly what they enjoy doing, what they're trained in doing. And the same thing over here. We're trained and we're specialized in the real estate only. So when we delve deeper into it, we realize, realized, huh, most people who want to get into assisted living facilities – they don't understand the real estate end. They might have an interest and most of their education, honestly, is on the caregiver end and actually operating the assisted living facility, but then they shake their hands and say, I don't know how to buy a property
0: for this. Or buy it and get it right or do the negotiation or the rehab. That's right. It's a lot of moving parts. You know, we're talking about we have to change the zoning on this home uh, to get the zoning such that it we can operate it legally. For us, it's like, you know, we're real good at the real estate piece. We're good at finding opportunity, negotiating deals, taking down the asset, getting through the renovation, getting through zoning. Those are problems I think that we're both very good at solving. When it gets into the business side of it, as far as running the actual facility, I don't know about you, Ben, but my youngest daughter is now 24. So it's been 23 years since I've wiped a bum. <laughs> And I'm not going to start anytime soon ever again. <laughs> yeah. It's just not going to happen. I'm just not doing it. And it's just not a, something I, I don't think it, I would be best served for that. I think it would, I'm better at helping people with that have real estate problems by buying the real estate, you know, getting things under contract, getting them through closing, getting the zoning as we talked about, getting all that done. That's really my highest and best. And of course your highest and best as well. Uh, so that's what we're going to focus on, right?
1: Yeah, in order to do that, we have to build a team. Just like, you know, I'm up front flying the plane, you have to build the team of the ticket agents and the customer service reps and the flight attendants, you have to build a team for it. That's right. And a matter of fact, I'm in the middle of uh, reading Robert Kiyosaki's uh, latest book, uh, which was uh, Capitalist uh, Manifesto. Great book. Oh, yeah, I haven't started that one yet. Oh, yeah. So towards the end, the big theme is team. He talks about his poor dad was poor his entire life because he tried to do everything himself right. because he was an educator and that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to be the Val victorian and do it all yourself. Right. And that's why he stalled out. And he talks about, and it's the same thing in business too. Many small businesses remain small. They stay in that S quadrant. Remember yes, that the quadrant? Yep, yep. He said they stay in the S quadrant because they don't know how, and they're not willing to build their team. They right. can't go over to the B, the big business until they realize, Hey, you need to be a generalist, not a specialist. Look back and then build your team. That's what we, we learned a lot of lessons and great strides on that today, actually.
0: What's interesting about this industry as far as the assisted living is that most folks don't think that way. They, yeah. they strive to be the administrator, which, you know, no crime in doing so. But when you do, when you truly know what you're good at and where your time is best spent, listen to that voice. Would be some advice I'd give right away. I tell you a couple times, and you and Jill have both brought me back down to earth where I have said, "Look how much money we're leaving on the table uh-huh. if we don't run the business." I mean, you know, there's, yeah. I mean, the, running the owning the real estate and being the landlord is great, no doubt. I mean, the, the returns are exciting, to say the least. However, the, the business end of the ALF is also financially exciting. You know, you can, as uh, Gene uh, Guyarno says, said you can do good and do well by doing good work and doing well financially, it's rewarding. It could be rewarding. As I, the more we start talking to people and adding them to the team and I'm starting to learn the nuances of what it takes to be the operator, not just the landlord. Now I'm turned off. I mean, when I see, I listen to the regulation, what they have, what we have to do. And guys at home, when you're doing an assisted living facility, the building has to be licensed to operate. So, What we've decided to do is we're building a team of people that are going to help us, Just not just drywall hangers, electricians, and contractors. We've hired an an ALF consultant who is a licensed administrator in the state of Florida. His job is going to be working with us and the architect and the contractor and the city and our zoning attorney to get it properly zoned, to build it out such that when it is built out, the operator will – it'll be built out ideally for an operator now – this gentleman is a professional. He's been doing it for 22 years. He owns several of his own homes already. He's phasing himself out of the business as the operator and and phasing himself in as a consultant. And ironically, he happens to be a licensed realtor. He's got into the real estate side of things, which is exciting because now I have, we have an expert in ALF real estate on our team who also comes with 22 years background running an ALF. So when it comes to trying to figure out who I mean, think about when you flip houses, right? You flip houses and it's like, well, I wonder, should I do Corian countertops or granite? Should I do cultured marble? What color should I do? Should I do an earth tone or should I do a, maybe a gray or a, a blue or God knows what. So when you're flipping houses, you, it's kind of a guessing game because you don't net yet know who you're selling the house to when you're yeah. a flipper. And in the ALF space, the same is true. But when, because we have the consultant, he knows because he actually trains a lot of operators across the state of Florida. He knows what the operator, what the the new tenant that's going to move in there and run their business out of our building is looking for. Fire suppression, making sure you have a, a proper built in generator, not some hokey pull start thing out in the back where Aunt Sally has to go pull the pull the rope to fire up the generator if the storm comes through. Making sure that you know the things are the doorways are the right width, how many square foot per person, and that we learned today about the the dining area oh yeah so many square foot per resident in in a dining and living area all these things have to be taken into consideration so for a fee we are bringing him along as a paid member of our team who works with us to make sure that we can remain compliant i don't know about you man but after getting out of that meeting that's that was one of the reasons i had to get on this podcast and say this is this is what makes it happen
1: oh yeah and i i i'm Well, sometimes when I speak on this podcast, I like to think I'm talking to my past self, my myself five years ago. I do that too, because back then I heard the same thing: build a team, build a team. Well, okay, let me just uh, let's type in Google "ALF expert uh, consultant" and I'll find the answer. Yeah, Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't always work that way. Um, Let's talk about real briefly because this whole week. We kind of found one person that led us to another person to another person until our our consultant that we ran into today, which kind of sealed the deal. Let's talk about that journey, which I think is important for most people.
0: So I'm going to roll back even farther, Mike, because this started with zoning. When we were trying to figure out what we're going to do with this property, you Mm. know, initially we were going to fix it and flip it. And then we looked at it and we talked about it a lot and thought, you know, we're leaving money on the table if we do that. And we're creating a tax obligation for our investors, potentially, which we don't want to do if we can avoid it. So what's best for the investors? What's best for the fund? And the answer is to keep it and hang on to it and cash flow it. Take some accelerated depreciation, things like that, to give tax advantages to our investors, not tax liabilities. When we started looking into that, it came to zoning. First thing I did is call Sean Yesner, YesnerLaw.com. Sean is our real estate attorney, um, represents us here in the fund. And of course, i has been helping me for years, good friend of mine. I said, Sean, Sean, what do I do about getting the zoning fixed? He goes, you call this lady, and he gives me the name and phone number to an attorney friend of his that's down the road in Safety Harbor that is an expert in zoning, local zoning, has experience with the city of Tarpon Springs, can navigate that for us. And that doesn't mean that she needs to go put on her warrior outfit and go fight. She just knows who to call the procedure to follow and the steps to take, not that we're getting any preferential treatment like that, but she just knows what to do, what forms get filled out. So. We hire her. She gets rolling on the zoning. Good. Now we've checked that box, right? Yesterday, for example. Well, actually, a couple of weeks ago, we talked to a gentleman over in Tampa. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that is an op- was an operator. He's, well, I guess not anymore because he sold. He he took it to the training course that we took. He took the like advanced level, built three assisted living facilities from single-family houses. Money people came into town and bought them out. Yeah. And bought them out. He said that his words were an offer I couldn't refuse. Yeah. So he, he took the money and ran. And that's, there's a big trend on that right now where hedge funds are coming in and big time investors are coming mm-hmm. in. Institutional money's coming in and buying up these assisted living facilities and they're paying a premium for them.
1: Yeah. And, and I kind of want to give a little background on that. Cause I'm, I'm sure most people are like, how did you find that guy? Well, it's like I said, it's not just, we didn't just type it in Google. Right. First we took the education from the education. We said, huh? We want to find like-minded people yes. who did this course, who went much further, much deeper into it. Yep. let's f- look for some uh, alumni of this program, right? And that's how we ended up finding
0: this person, right? You had found the uh, in the resources section of residential of the R.E.L. Academy, those groups and whatnot, yep. and then we found some associations, and then we we found some Facebook groups as well, and we started seeing a lot of similarities, like oh. This guy's popping up here and he's popping up there and he's popping up. He's kind of a little bit omnipresent. Let's get him on the phone. And we had a good conversation with that guy. And then he's like, oh, you should probably talk to these people. Yeah. He, then you found that rec- the, what do you call it? The head, not the headhunter recruiter placement agency. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: it's just living placement agency.
0: So then Mike found a placement agency locally right here in Tarpet Springs. I mean, literally across the street from one of our properties. Yeah.
1: That was a Google search. Right. It's
0: like, poof, it's right across the street. Didn't, you never knew it was there. Yeah. We went and met with that gentleman who owns a placement agency, been in the business a long time. He gave us a ton of information. Um, helped us get our pricing right. Because guys, let's let's understand. I get it, renting the multifamily. I know what it costs to rent a two bedroom, one bed apartment in Tarpon Springs or whatever market I've invested in because I studied that market. So I had to we both had to restudy. Yeah, you know, basically relearn or re educate ourselves on what can we rent it for? Because, you know, we could go do all this work to find out no one wants to rent it. And when you ask the operators, what are you willing to pay for rent? You get a blank stare mm-hmm. because nobody really wants to tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh. Um, working with a placement agency, we were able to figure out, okay, how much does staffing cost? So we were able to back into the underwriting because we can look at it as an operator would. As an operator, I'm going to pay blank per hour for a nurse's aide or a caregiver. I'm going to pay this much for an administrator. I got to pay this much for food. And I'm going to charge this much. And here's how much money is left over at the end of the month. Obviously, that operator needs to earn a paycheck. What would that probably be? This placement guy and several like him helped us fill those blanks in. So we get back into what we feel fair market rent would be if we renovate this building and operate it as an assisted living facility so that's a hypothesis right yeah we then took that information and i found somewhere where did i find him i don't remember but i found our consultant and we reached out to the consultant who's got 20 some years experience pays has paid rent in several facilities and he went back through our math and without us prompting him because we didn't give him any clues
1: Oh, no. We shook his hand, and he just started spitting out everything.
0: Right. It was great. So he gave us a a crash course, and here's exactly how you figure out what to charge for rent. And ironically, we were within like $200 of where we needed to be.
1: Tyler, you know what this reminds me of? Hmm. The Wizard of Oz. How so? I'm Dorothy. You're Toto, right? (laughs) I always wanted to be Toto. (laughs) No, no, seriously. Like, all of a sudden, we're in this weird world that we've never been in before, this assisted living facility, right? That's true. And then we see this yellow brick road, and we just start walking, and we just stop, and we're so confused at where to go next, and we see this guy, in the straw man, and That's we just true. go up to him and just give him a straw. All of a sudden, he starts telling us clues of where to go next on the yellow brick road That's until true. we end up with the tin man. That's right. I know it sounds real
0: cliche and everything, but now that I think about Not it... Not really, as long as you're the one wearing the dress, I'm <laughs> good with that. <laughs> I mean, I live in Key West. By all means, I should have the dress. But if you're willing, to, if you're willing to take one for the team, I'm all for you. <laughs> and but, you should see what we say when we're off air. Oh my goodness!
1: Yeah, but but seriously, so it, like ev- everybody listening out there, and I'm like, again, I'm talking to my former self five years ago when I would hear these tips on the podcast, I, I would go so far and then get frustrated and give up.
0: Right, and, and I've done that too a lot. Yeah, I one trouble problem i had with this i'll be honest with you and it hit me you realized that yesterday i think for the first time because you were here as we were driving around we were looking at our quote-unquote competition oh boy oh boy yeah. i've been in jill and i went into one facility and it was okay but it left a stigma and a couple of years ago my mom fell my mom's in her just hitting 80 now she fell and uh, broke her ankle i was out of state at the time on somewhere and i couldn't get here so they put her in a rehabilitation center which also happens to be an ALF for a few weeks. I got home, went to go pick her up, and oh my god, there were people screaming at the top of their lungs. And that was my vision when when we oh, first oh, hit oh, ALF. I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm gonna own one of these places oh because I don't I can't live with that.
1: Some of it was very depressing. You guys think yeah. I'm
0: a big meanie, but I'm a big softy. I can't <laughs> handle people being abused or in pain. That's just not what I'm good at. I wanna save the world, right? So I went to this look at this ALF a few weeks ago, and it was it was much better. There was no screaming. There was Mm. it didn't smell bad. But one thing that hit me is the lady that was running it owned a job. I said that last week on the podcast with uh, Isabel,
1: yeah,
0: uh, Garino. She owned a job, and that freaked me out. I'm like, I don't want to own a job because I can't go out and duplicate this. And we have a ten million dollar fund. We got a a lot of money to invest in in a relatively short period of time to do it. And we, owe our, we need to make sure that we garner great returns for our investors. I can't do that if I'm wiping someone's butt yeah. or trying to find out where the residents are, right, or, or doing any part of that job. So as we've gone through and met these different people, and you yesterday, I didn't have the heart to go. We, we wanted to find more competition to see what is out, what else is out there. You took it for the team, thank God, that you had the <laughs> courage to go look at those places because I didn't. Uh, So we drove around and Mike went in and talked to people. But every time you came out, you had a blank stare in your face like, oh, boy. Yeah. Everybody
1: thinks assisted living facilities are going to be like nursing homes. And unfortunately, the ones that when I went into, they also thought they're supposed to be like nursing homes. You know, the ones you walk into, it smells like tuna fish. And just everyone's giving you that blank stare like they haven't seen a human in 20 years. Right. It's very sad. But we've realized this in our journey, right? Medicare facilities. When somebody doesn't have the means and by the time that they finally need to go to these facilities, Medicare kicks in. Medicare pays very, very little. So unfortunately, Pennies. that's, yeah. And unfortunately, that's that's your option right. of these very sterile and very depressing places. What we've learned through this journey is that there's another side. Those who have actually saved, maybe an uh, HSA, I'm a big fan of HSA. Right. Uh, maybe they have uh, enough wealth and they sold their assets. Though they can afford to go to assist the living facilities, not that are so sterile, but places, let's say you're a widower. You, you just want some company of fellow Greeks, like here in Tarpon Springs. Right. You want that boost in life. And honestly, that's what most ALFs are designed for. The ones we're targeting anyway right. are for those who can afford a higher standard of living because they deserve it because they've saved up and now they can go in the company of their other yaya's and their friends and to boost their standard of living up rather than just support them until the end. And that's not, that's, that's the big difference that we learned.
0: Right. And we had to, but we had to actually roll up our sleeves and, get a look inside to see that where we knew we wanted to be and where we didn't want where to we be. We didn't want to be. Yeah. Because you, I could see where people could get sucked into the Medicare th- side of things like, Oh, it's government money. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. And as I started digging into the Facebook groups of ALF operators and whatnot and administrators, what I learned is number one, I guess the, the new administration, the white house put out a change a change that mandated the $15 minimum wage for Medicaid, Oh yeah. uh, Medicaid facilities. And the problem is, I mean, that's great. I'm glad that they're on one side. I'm glad that at least people are going to get make a halfway decent wage. But these facilities have been operating paying significantly less, and now they're forced to pay that much more. And they can't raise the residents' rates because Medicaid's not going to pay any more money. So now they have to decide what care to give up. And that's the problem that's hitting the lower end of the spectrum. Yeah. And I'm telling you guys this because everybody listen to my voice. I know who the, the demographic of the podcast folks that listen is primarily male, uh, 35 to 55. And guys, pay the hell attention. Um, this applies to you. You've got parents and they're still alive. You may very well soon get hit with a big bill. And on the low end, that starts at $2,000, $2,500 a month. Um, to get something even remotely decent to where you can feel like a decent human because taking care of your parents, you're looking at, Four to six thousand dollars a month to put one of your mom or dad in one of these facilities. It's no joke. The national average, as uh, Isabel said last week, was forty five hundred dollars mm-hmm. or forty two hundred dollars, is the national average per month expense for the the family for each person. So if you got both your mom and your dad are alive, oh yeah, what about what eighty four hundred bucks? Yeah, I saw the look on your face. I'm like Mike. <laughs> You've got a stepmom, a stepdad, and a, a mom and a dad. You're screwed. You got like four parental units and you and your sister. I hope you have stepbrothers or stepsisters to help kick in for some of that. Because if you don't, ouch. And at least now he, he got real quiet. He's like, oh, shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it kind of wakes you up and it realize, is. especially when your parents get on I'm 41, so I'm at the point where my parents are starting to cross over that border into now I got to think about long-term care and all this. And honestly, it's a wake-up call for me. Oh, yeah. Make sure, like, you've got enough finances. They have enough finances. They're not going to blow it. Right. On Bitcoin or anything.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got that same little Bankman-Fried.
1: Yeah. So they can live their happy life.
0: But I'm at 52, and it's knocking on my door. My mom's getting turning 80, and she's already had a fall that resulted in a broken oh, that's bone. that's right, that's right, yeah. And I'm looking at that expense, because I'm not putting my mother in a $2,000 a month facility. Never going to have Not happen. after seeing it. No, hell no. My mother's going to be in a five or $6,000 facility. So when I add that to my bottom line, I'm like, well, geez, oh, Pete, I got to get my acting gear, because if I got to add a $6,000 monthly expense to my expense column... That's something you'd be paying attention to. Guys, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, understand this, that one of the solutions of getting ready for this is if you decide to open one of these centers yourself, you could put mom or dad in there Mm -hmm. and that would drastically reduce that cost. Now, if you're a heartless bastard, doesn't care about your parents and you're going to stick them out in the backyard and hope the rain keeps them, keeps them clean. So be it, I guess. But if you have a heart, you're going to be the type of person that takes care of your parents like we are. This is a real expense that's coming around the bend. Yeah. If they don't have and I'm not an insurance salesman, this is an insurance pitch, but if they don't, if you don't have long term health care for them plans or insurance, maybe start thinking about that. Because what we're learning on the inside of this industry is if you want good care, you're gonna pay for it. Forty two hundred dollars a month on average. Yeah i mean wow yeah
1: and we want to provide them with a nice place to live a place that they're proud to go of and honestly like i mentioned that they're so excited to go there right this is not the end of life this is okay this is the next stage i'm going to join my friends uh, believe it or not like these places they have historians come in magicians i mean they have big activities oh yeah
0: it's, it's kind of like summer camp at some of them well that one you and janelle found over in hyde park it's got like a Full on bar.
1: Oh, it's got a full bar, a pool, piano bar, pool. They have a bus that takes them on tours of all the other places in Florida. It, that's great. These are nice places, and and that's what we strive to provide. Because, right. Unfortunately, what we found is uh, that this place is in desperate need of it. That's
0: right. Yeah. So moving forward, the next steps are we've we've uh, inked a deal with the the um, advisor, the consultant. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's going to be working with us. He's our experienced person, so to speak. So we're paying him a fee to help us with this project. He'll be the expert as far as helping us all the other moving parts. Mike and I and Jill are going to be working with the architect and the contractors and whatnot. We're going to start turning on our Facebook ads again and whatnot and send it on emails. Cause we're going to be raising our capital. The nice thing about this is we're going to, we want to do it without having to incur debt. The beautiful thing about the fund is that it's a completely cash driven, thing, which means we don't have a whole, we don't have de- any debt right now. We own the asset free and clear. We plan on using uh, investor capital for the renovation. Uh, and then of course we spill back the rents and we do these on a triple net lease. If you don't know about triple net leases, look that up on Investopedia, but basically we're leasing it out with very little expenses. Uh, the operator pretty much covers all the expenses once the facility's built. Um, so that's what we're going to be doing. We're pretty damn excited about it. We're going to have some webinars coming up soon, but in the meantime, if you want to reach out to us, you got questions about how's this work. Maybe you want to do it. Maybe you just want to watch us do it. That all begins by going to cashflowguys.com cashflowguys.com. I'd look up at the top. You can book a spot on our calendar, have a conversation. If you happen to be an accredited investor, you've got money sitting aside. You want to put it to work. You want to get, take part in this. Then now's the time to reach out and let's start to get to know each other. You're welcome to come meet us here in Tarpon Springs, walk the facility if it, if if need be. You can meet our experts, get to know the team. We'll take you along for the journey. It's going to be a good time. We're going to do good things, and I think we're going to uh, we're going to do great work. And I know we're going to do very very well for both ourselves and our investors. So I don't know about you, brother, but I'm pretty excited.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of want to share this story with everybody real quick as we end. Sure. So right now, there's a lot of doom and gloom out there. There is. A lot of doom and gloom about interest rates collapsing, everything, and everybody's scared of the real estate market right now. Uh, This is a story I heard uh, a few months ago. I think it was on Ken McElroy's channel. Mm -hmm. Um, So Joe Biden, when he came in the office, one of the first things he did was close the Keystone pipeline, right? And everyone threw up their hands. Ah, screaming, screaming. Meanwhile, on the corner, Warren Buffett bought the railroad that transported oil from Alberta, Canada, which is where the Keystone started, all the way down
0: to the refineries in New Orleans. Because he knew the oil had to come either way. And if they shut down the pipeline, which was the cheapest way to get it here, yeah, he controls the transportation. He got in. rich. So
1: because everybody's out there screaming and they're blaming the politicians and government, stop for a second and realize, how can I use this to our advantage? So, for example, we bought this big house. At first, we thought we were going to make it to a co-living uh, uh,
0: area where people rent the rooms. Right. city had other plans.
1: city said no. Just... Just like when uh, Joe Biden closed the pipeline, he said, no. What can we do? Ah, it's just a living facility. Right. And now the city is all on board with it. That's right. And now we see a major need. So- don't don't get stuck in that doom and gloom. Instead, stop, think about your options, and more importantly, reach out and find a team. And like I said, you're not going to find a team by just Googling on, on Google. That's right. Give Tyler a call at cashflowguys.com slash booktyler, right? That's right. Just just a few minutes with him just to get ideas of, hey, do you know anybody who has any information on that? It's the Yellow Brook Road. Just find that tin man who's going to give you the hint to go to the next guy, which is the Cowardly Lion, right? And then That's eventually right. the, the odds. Go keep going, keep going, no matter if, if everything, every roadblock that you find, keep digging and you're going to find a gem there. Just keep asking people and keep
0: talking. There you go, guys. And there you have it. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It's getting out there, talking to people, asking questions, getting uncomfortable, making it happen. As always, as Mike said, you want to reach out to us. That all begins by hitting cashflowguys.com. You want to learn how to invest with us? You can do that on cashflowguys.com. You want to buy a property on your own and use one of my realtors that works works for us? you can do that on cashflowguys.com. And I got a real amazing, exciting announcement coming up in the next few weeks that is going to be on cashflowguys.com. You guys are going to love it. Uh, I'm going to hold that one close to the vest right now. I'm not going to drop that on this podcast because we're not quite ready to go. Ready, set, go. But when we do, you can be really excited. Think of it as a form of, edu- of, a form of entertainment that offers a little bit of education. And that'll be going live on Facebook or on, uh, cashflowguys.com here real soon. So with that guys, we'll leave you, we'll leave you right there and we look forward to talking to you next week.